Hey there, Patriots. My name is Melissa Red Pill of the World. I'm with the Freedom Force Battalion, and today I'm guest hosting for Mr. Alan Keyes. I'm so glad to be on with you. I hope you enjoy this. Um, we're going to be talking about the FBI agent who was uh, instigating the January 6th event. We've got new news that came out from that. We're also going to be talking about the uh, religious exemptions on the vaccines. So that's a very new, it's a hot off the press news. We're we're also going to be talking more about Truth Social. Hopefully we'll get to that. So we've got so much fun to, uh, things to talk about. I will be right back. Hey there, Patriots. I'm so glad that you are joining with me. I hope you will have fun. Uh, we're going to look at all these current events. What we always do is we look at the at the current events and all these the information that we get out there from President Trump and wh whoever and the light of God's word, because what we're experiencing is, experiencing is literally biblical. And uh, again, my name is Melissa Red Pill the World. If you're <laughs> if you're new to to listening to me, you might say realize that why that my name is Red Pill the world is because sometimes I'll come out with something that a truth bomb that you are not expecting. So just just buckle up. <laughs> you never know when I might come up with something like that. So anyway, so I'm so glad that you are here with me today. Here is what I would love to, for you to to, uh, to see before we get started. And this is I just love this verse. And from uh, I've been a missionary for for well over 10 years teaching God's word for probably closer to 40, but I don't know how that is when I'm just 26. But anyway, <laughs> here is uh, this wonderful verse from Revelation chapter 7 and uh, 11. And I just want to, to uh, start off the program with this. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who always was, for now you've assumed your great power and have begun to reign. And so this is what we're experiencing. We're going to have the kingdoms, uh, as in the Hallelujah Chorus, it says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ and he will reign forever. We're going to have this world run by justice and love and light and freedom and peace. That's where we're headed, no doubt about it. All right, so, and, and every time you hear that these, uh, these criminals are being exposed, instead of panicking, be excited, be thankful, because that's what brings them down, okay? And so the one... <laughs> And I know that we hate to hear bad news. We hate to hear about things that they're doing. But when you realize that this is being exposed for the, before the whole world and we're all rising up against it, all of a sudden you realize this is bigger. This is monumental. This is literally biblical that uh, we're that this is the day of the end of them. And as it says here, it's time. It is time to judge the dead and reward your servants, the prophets. That's you and that's me. We're going to be rewarded for uh, all that we have been through and how hard we fought in this battle. And um, from the least to the greatest, it's time to destroy all who caused destruction on the earth. And I talk about that on freedomforce.live. Please go and join. Make sure that you join uh, over there uh, to... to to, uh, to see all the videos that we have, literally over 500 videos about how this is biblical and this is the day when we are defeating them. And here is the book that I wrote uh, about it just to put it all into co one concise place called End Times and a Thousand Years of Peace. End Times for them, End Times for the Tyrants, and a Thousand Years of Peace for us. So let's get started. Here is this uh, <laughs> FBI. When I call them a creep, that's another word for a CIA oper uh, operator, and that they come along and they act like they're one of us. They act like they're one of uh, uh, a patriot in the January 6th movement, and he was nothing of the sort. He is a, an FBI infiltrator who uh, tried to get uh, our people to do something uh, illegal and to get them in trouble. And he, of course, was trying to 
uh, shepherd the people like like sheep to go go this way and and get them into trouble and they they knew it immediately and so we we, we talked about this yesterday I'll, I'll if we have time i'll show you a little bit more of that but i wanted to show you the latest thing that just came out someone confronted him on his property it looks like he has quite the spread quite a nice spread and this is another thing that will just keep you excited and energized and and filled with joy because look at these great patriots who are going out and confronting this man in every place we're all rising up and and calling out these people who are criminals check this out january 5th we're patriots or Patriots. Well, do, you, do you remember me from January 6th? I, I understand that, but I can't say anything. Are you still under investigation by the FBI? Are you a federal is, informant? Is there a reason why the FBI took you off the most wanted list? Are you a federal informant, Ray Epps? Are you a federal informant? That's Ray Epps, alleged federal informant, driving into his property. Quite the property, huh? How nice is that? I imagine he, that's his payoff for being a creep. Yeah, I uh, I would not want to to be that. You know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? That's what the Lord told us, and that's what these people have done. Such evil against patriots, uh, pretending. Go, can you imagine? Can you imagine going out and pretending to be a patriot to try to uh, put us in a position where we would be get uh, you know as many were arrested? But he went all away scot free. I'm going to show you also check this out this is actually on actually i'm going to show it it's on my telegram what well, do, do definitely join with us on my telegram um it's called freedom force battalion freedom force battalion and whenever there's something new that comes out i popped it right onto the telegram so check this out this is a netflix i think uh it's called four hours at the capitol uh oh it's hbo just released a new propaganda piece about january 6th called four hours at the capitol guess who i just spotted ray epps leading the charge <laughs> great is that how great is that that he it's on video for everyone to see that he's leading the charge sure enough there he is right in the front uh lines leading the charge into the capitol i'm sure it's just a coincidence that the cameraman was right there with a high definition camera chasing him you know following along to to uh to say this is this is our operation basically leading this uh this charge who knows how many of these people were really fbi and how many of you know true patriots got just sucked into it okay so check this out uh oh, that wasn't it. <laughs> that was a picture of someone else. Bear with me, real quick. Let me see if I can get back and find that. Yeah, that's one of the great things about um, about my Telegram. Is you might, yeah, there it is. Oh, I'm not getting sound. Oh, there, here's the sound. There's Ray Epps right there. That's his head right there. We go over one fencing, then we go to the next fencing all the way it's like bedlam sheer bedlam nobody cares nobody cares about law or anything yeah this is the hb part of that hbo special now you may not know but that on uh what day was it 
They tried to cause this big mayhem, I think it was September 18th. Nobody went. Now, we went on January 6th because our wonderful president told us he needed us to come up there and to stand against the election fraud and to and to stand for the rule of law and for free and fair elections. And that's what we did. We're not going to do anything until we get the clear indication from our President Trump or from General Flynn. Okay, and that's what why we all went in mass on this day. <laughs> it was so funny. I have a video about it a few weeks ago. But the only ones who were there were FBI agents, and we all recognized them. I mean, you can spot them a mile off now that we know how to spot them. And uh, and 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 um, uh, police and uh, and and mainstream media. <laughs> It's really funny. But yeah, on this day, how many of these who were with Ray Epps leading the charge were truly, you know, FBI? Now, this guy, I think this guy in the hat, I think that might be, this guy didn't say this, but I think that might be um, this guy right here, uh, Rhodes. See that, the, the cowboy hat? He's always wearing the, uh, the cowboy hat. Uh, his name is Stuart Rhodes. He's the head of the Oath Keepers. And you would think that that was a, a patriot movement, but he's not. He's a, he's a, he's fake. He's a, a an infiltrator who's trying to to draw patriots into the movement, not only identify them, but also cause them to uh, in, end up getting in some hot water. Yeah, uh, he's the founder, boss, and kingpin of the Oath Keepers. The Oath Keepers, we are told, are America's largest militia, the most prominent anti-government group in the United States, and the preeminent right-wing dominant uh, domestic extremist insider threat to the U.S. military. So they're trying to use this as a way to say, oh, these like a uh, that that we're uh, doing, you know, trying to overthrow the government, just like what they said on January 6th. So the great news is this truth is coming out. So join with me on the Freedom Force Battalion so you can share these things, maybe screenshot it, share it on text, share it on email, share it however that you can, because people need to know the truth about January 6th. This has to come out because we are true patriots and they hijacked what we were trying to do. And, and the good news is the president knew this. And, and don't worry about what, what, they're, what they've said, what they've done, because the truth will come out. And this right here is really kind of surprising that HBO is showing this. And so our job is to show that this is right here by all accounts. It, not all, but by, <laughs> by we, have, we have proof that he was FBI agent. And um, I'm going to show, let's see, I was showing you, oh, here's the one yesterday where they were going, I'm telling you, everybody, this is again on Revolver.News, everybody is is going off on uh, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, and he's just sitting there with like the deer in the headlights. But yeah, this is where um, uh, uh, this wonderful uh, uh, Re Representative Thomas Massey was um, calling uh, Merrick Garland out on the carpet saying, okay, were any of these people at the January 6th, and you've done this investigation, did you discover that any of these were FBI agents? And he, he's like, the only thing he could say was, I can't talk about it. I can't discuss any of this. It, they're really caught in between a rock and a hard spot. Very, very exciting. Just just share it with everyone so that they know what's the truth. And and especially these videos where this guy just really has no answer to, to tell, except I'm not going to talk about it. What does that tell you? All right. So the next thing is, you know, I was going to go ahead because our time ran out yesterday. I didn't get a chance to talk about a lot of this about the the uh, uh, the uh, the the vaccine mandate, or they're not really mandating it. They're saying they're they're bringing out the vaccine for 
for children five to 11. But here are the numbers right here. I don't know if you can see these numbers, but it's ridiculous. Zero deaths from COVID for five to 11 year olds. I mean, it's, it's, there's just no reason to have this. This is from Dr. Gina on Real America's Voice. There's no reason in the world to have a vaccine for children. And so that begs the question, what is the reason that they're, that they're bringing this out? Okay. So, um, I want you to also see, definitely go on and share uh, this open bears, open com slash COVID dash data. Okay, so you can see as of, that was as of the 15th. Let me see if I can refresh this and see if it gives any more recent data. But it was 818,000 reports of data as of, as of that. Let's see if it's going to give us any more data. It looks like it's still 818,000. So all these numbers that it just, it was in all these years, it's been going along, going along, and all of a sudden, because of this vax, this vaccine adverse events report, that's what VAERS stands for, vaccine adverse event report. Look at the numbers going off the charts. You never had anything like this. Well, we, I mean, to be honest, it started to rise up the more, the vac more vaccines that they were giving to our children, um, and then, you know, there were a lot more, you know, they started putting all these things in it, mercury and uh, various uh, things that uh, Tom, uh, John F. Kennedy, I'm sorry, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, exposes. But so they it started to rise, but not like now, like right now with the, with the COVID. But here are the numbers that people need to see and, and, and understand. 83,000 hospitalizations, 92,000 in urgent care, 127,000 office visits, 7,000 anaphylaxis. Uh, 10,000 Bell's palsy, 17,000 deaths, and they just continue to have it out there and then force it uh, on five to 11 year olds. It's truly outrageous. 2,600 miscarriages, 10,000 myocarditis. This is, this is, you know, and, and actually what was it saying? It was only like 1% are even being reported. Only if it's just a very small percentage are being even reported because it's very complex and time consuming for someone to report this. So it's it's really shocking, shocking. Um, life threatening injuries, 18,000 shingles, 9,700 severe allergic reaction, 31,000. Um, there was one about um, permanently disabled, 26,000. And that's where I, I, I talk a lot about going. <clears throat> Go to prescribing life. If you know someone who's had an adverse reaction, some kind of, if they've been potentially disabled, uh, had, had nerve damage, go to prescribinglife.com and they do neural therapy, nerve therapy to help people to uh, recover from the damage. And we're seeing people being helped person after person. It's really beautiful. And I hope that one day we're going to have so many more people. Right now, there are only two people in this country who are doing this because it's it's suppressed by the, the, the big pharma. All right. So, okay, the next thing. Oh, huh, this was where the FDA, again, I shared this on our Telegram, Freedom Force Battalion. Uh, they're approving the Pfizer vaccine emergency use, use authorization for kids uh, five through 11. They conceded they didn't know the long-term effects of the vaccine on children, but one of the voting members said, we're never going to know about how safe the vaccine is until we start giving in. I, I, you know, some it, it always shocks me when people say the quiet part out loud, 
and it makes you wonder, is he deceived or is he deceiver? And it's it's many times someone who's in these higher positions, they are the deceivers. But it, it, the Lord did tell us not to judge anything before the time, but that he, when the Lord comes, he will reveal all these things. You know, we need someone like a Durham who has all the information, has it all, who can get to the bottom of it and, and, and get the uh, prosecute those who are truly guilty and not those who've been just useful idiots. But listen to him. Doesn't appear it's going to play. I don't know if you heard that. I didn't hear it. <laughs> but bottom line, he said, we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is until we start to give it. And so it's so great that we have these these uh, these links that we can easily share just with a click of a button. So make sure that you are part of, of that uh, force to do that. Robert Kennedy Jr. said, yes, we will take legal action against the FDA if the agency grants emergency use authorization for Pfizer's vaccine for children aged five through 11. So it appears that that is exactly what's going to happen. Definitely support the childrenshealthdefense.org. This is a private group that, that uh, is, is using their time and their resources to push back on big pharma and, and Pfizer and all of this and trying to go in the courts uh, to, to put a stop to it, saying that this is recklessly endangering the lives of our children. Thank God for them. Thank God for Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, Children's Health Defense to sue the FDA. So he said he was going to do it, and I'm sure that they've already got everything going. And I just pray that they'll be able to do a like an injunction or uh, whatever the word is to, to put a stop to this so that it doesn't happen. And actually, there are others that, who are fighting on a, on a different for uh, 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 Battlefront, and this was very, very good news. Oh, um, Tracy Beans was sharing this. Some of this is misspelled words, but that's okay. Um, this was where uh, they were saying, if anyone, uh, anyone said that they had a religious exemption, that they did not want to take the vaccine, uh, that they could not be, would not be fired over a religious exemption. So I'll read this one to you. The court held a teleconference in this matter on October 27th. This was just yesterday to discuss a brief a briefing schedule on plaintiff's motion for temporary restraining order. That was the word I was looking for, a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction. As described, uh, as discussed during the, the uh, scheduled a scheduling teleconference, defendants shall file a notice regarding the policies applicable to plaintiffs pending consideration of exemption requests and appeals by no later than October 28. That is today. That is today at 6 p.m. Upon review of defendants notice, the court shall order a brief schedule on plaintiff's TRO, temporary restraining order motion, and defendants proposed motion to dismiss, signed by Judge uh, Colleen Kohler Kotali on 1027-21. Okay, so it says the government argued, this is what, um, I think this is from Tracy Beans. This is her her channel, but this this may not exactly be from her. Anyway, she, she did post it. Um, let me see if, I, yeah, there it is, Tracy Beans. She's really good to follow. I've followed her since the beginning. She was actually the first one to start reading Q posts when they first came out. She's just started reading them with no commentary. Anyway, but the government argued the case should be dismissed as moot because no plaintiff has actually been terminated yet. The yet is the issue. Hence, that is why I filed this motion. The government responded, no federal employee or active duty service uh, member who has submitted a religious accommodation request is going to be terminated, separated, or discharged if they are not vaccinated by November 8th. 
Now, this is interesting. You're going to see some things that say November 8th and some that say December 8th. It's very interesting uh, to see what, what exactly is uh, the difference here. I'm, and I haven't gotten to the bottom of that yet. But in order to avoid injunction, its government has 24 hours to produce a response pointing to a policy that articulates this statement. The policy is also uh, is to also include prohibitions against termination or other adverse employment action through the dur duration of the appeals process for any employees who are denied religious accommodations. So basically, the, the judge is saying you have to uh, let us know by the 28th at 6 p.m. That's today. You have to let us know that you're not going to fire anyone or they're not. Uh, no one's going to have an adverse effect on their employment. And if you don't, then we will sign this temporary restraining order or, or injunction. OK, so that's uh, I'm so thankful for these people who are working hard to put a stop to uh, to what uh, this tyrannical uh, regime is trying to do. So Tracy Beans wrote huge news on the case we published uh, today in regards to the government. Uh, pur purposefully scheming to deny religious exemptions. There was a teleconference today. The government must submit to the court in writing by tomorrow that no one will be terminated after 11-8 if they have submitted a religious exemption and are unvaccinated. Huge kudos to brilliant, un uh, brilliant constitutional attorney Mike Yoder on this masterful case. So I'm so, so thankful for those who are fighting on the front lines. Robert Kennedy Jr., as well as Tracy Beans and, and Mike Yoder, who are using their uh, legal uh, expertise and skills to help push back on this for all of us. So, so very, very thankful uh, that you know we have them working uh, at the front lines. So I'm going to show you actually uh, where she is actually this morning bringing out a portion of this. Um, and I'm, I don't know if I'm going to have that much time to get this one, this one done. Let me see. Yeah, here we go. Let's do it like this. Um, and if, if my time starts to run out, then I'll, I'll play the rest of it when we come back from the break. Going over the um, the TRO, the temporary restraining order and the emergency injunction that was filed yesterday in the lawsuit that we wrote about it on Cover DC. Attorney Mike Yoder um, filed the lawsuit on behalf of people who are working for the federal government, um, especially in regards to their religious exemptions that they're filing um, in order to be exempt from having to take this jab. Um, the government basically represented that they wouldn't be firing anybody if they had submitted an exemption letter. They wouldn't fire anybody on 11-8 if they're not vaccinated. The judge is saying to them, well, I have a choice now to either rule on this temporary injunction, temporary restraining order, I'm sorry, to stop this in its tracks in its entirety as this case plays out. You know what, time's going to run out. So what I'm going to do is I'll play the rest of it when we get back from the break. But yeah, this is very good news that we have people who are out there on the front lines fighting to protect us from this tyranny. So I will see you when we get back from the break. Hey there, Patriots. So let's get busy watching the rest of our wonderful Patriot Tracy Beans. Check it out. But if you're telling us, government, that you are not going to fire anyone on 11-8 if they've submitted an injection and they're not already fully vaccinated, then please submit that to the court in writing by today at 6 p.m. And then I won't have to, you know, rule that there will be a temporary injunction on this because you're not going to fire anybody. But I want to see it in writing. If the government does not submit that letter in writing, which I suspect they probably won't, depends. I don't know it's kind of rough. Like if they put the letter in, that means every single federal employee who is 
submitted a religious exemption and has not been vaccinated by 11-8 will still retain their job as the suit goes on, um, at the very least. And the government will have put that in writing in front of the court if they submit the letter. If they don't submit the letter, then the government is, I mean, then the judge is likely going to rule that the entire thing is just on pause until this case is finished so they can determine the legality of what the government's doing. And if you have read this article and you have read this lawsuit, you know that this is a ridiculously strong case. Now, there's an argument from a lot of people out there that nobody should have to even file an exemption in this. That argument is actually made in some part in the lawsuit because a few things, the federal government can mandate a, a vaccine that is FDA approved from what I'm reading and they can do that. But this vaccine is not FDA approved. It is only under emergency use. And the lawsuit goes through painstakingly proving that point out um, with their own words. It is a masterful suit, masterfully well done. I mean, I can have um, Mike come on the podcast to talk about this actually. And I think it would be good potentially maybe tomorrow I'll ask him. Um, it's super, it's super amazing. So I just want to explain what this order, this minute order that was put in yesterday on the docket was all about. It mandates that the government submit in writing by six o'clock tonight that it will not terminate anybody who has submitted a religious exemption and has not been vaccinated by 11-8. If the government does not do that, then the judge will likely rule to grant the temporary restraining order an emergency injunction, halts the entire thing in its tracks as this lawsuit continues. And if anyone out there thinks I'm wrong, please correct me, but I'm 99% certain that's what this said. Awesome. I just love Tracy Bean. She has always done such an amazing job. So definitely follow her uh, telegram. And also whenever there is the latest news on that, I will definitely post it on my telegram, Freedom Force uh, Battalion. All right, so definitely do that. So this is an interesting thing she just posted this morning. Uh, she said Biden, it says Biden uh, backs down. This is on New, uh, Newsmax. Uh, Biden backs down on December 8th vaccine deadline. She said, wasn't that interesting, <laughs> right? So, you know, it's, um, it, isn't it funny? It's just, it's got the date on there, December 8th. And to be honest, I don't know what's the difference between November 8th and December 8th. And there it's, maybe there's a reason for that, but so he's backed down. So that's, uh, that's good news. So we'll see what happens in this, in this court case. Uh, but in so many ways, there's so many people pushing back. And that's what's very exciting, whether it's patriots who are stopping Epps in his driveway or or these who are stopping this uh, uh, tyranny against the religious exemptions against vaccines or this wonderful patriot, Josh Hawley. He is something else. I'm just so thankful. There's actually poor. And in one part of me kind of feels sorry for um, uh, A.G. Merrick Garland because he keeps getting just uh, lambasted from one person after another. T Ted Cruz gave him a tongue lashing yesterday like you never saw before. <laughs> poor, little, poor little Merrick Garland was just, like I said, the deer in the headlights. He just getting pummeled day after day after day. So, um, but yeah, definitely check that one out on Freedom Force Battalion. And also this morning, um, uh, Chuck Grassley was, was nailing him on something else. I can't remember what, but anyway, but this one is against um, uh, what the, attorney general has put out that all the attorney generals in each of the states is going against the parents who are pushing back on their school boards and how they're pushing uh, them, making it out as if just because they stand up against the, the school boards that they are terrorists, etc. Oh my goodness, check out 
uh, Josh Hawley, he gives him a tongue lashing like you never heard. And at the very end, just uh, the icing on the cake, he says, I call for your resignation. Check it out. Justified on this letter from the National School Board Association that we now know the White House was involved in writing. They've retracted the letter. They've apologized for the letter. They say they regret the letter, but you won't retract the memo and said earlier that you have no regrets. And you've defended yourself repeatedly today before this committee by saying, well, you're focused on violence. But now, of course, we've seen the memo from your own Justice Department advising state and local and other prosecutors about all of the different federal causes of action that they can bring against parents that are not about violence, they're about harassment and intimidation. I'm looking here at this memo. It identifies no fewer than 13 possible federal crimes involving harassment and intimidation, including making annoying phone calls. Do you think a parent who makes a phone call to a school board member that she has elected that that school board member deems annoying should be prosecuted, General Garland? No, I don't. And the Supreme Court has made quite clear that the word intimidation with respect to the constitutional protection is one that directs a threat to a person with the intent of placing the victim in fear of bodily harm or death. Prosecutors who investigate these cases know the Supreme Courts. This is a, a, a very famous uh, leading case. Pro prosecutors do, but, but parents don't, General Garland. Do you, do you think that a parent who looks at the 13 different federal crimes that your Justice Department has identified they might be subject to and prosecuted for, like making annoying phone calls, do you think that they're going to feel that they're welcome to speak up at a school board meeting? How about this one? They could be prosecuted for using the internet, I guess that would be Facebook, in a way that might cause emotional distress to a victim. Is that a, is that a crime of violence? I'm telling you that the whole thing that they're doing from the top, from this little beady-eyed guy, that is to quell, is to is to suppress, is to silence and to to chill free speech, to stop us from speaking out and rising up. And, and it's already not an, a fun and easy thing to do. But then when you think you're going to have the entire federal government coming down on you, just like those people who were at the at the Capitol. I mean, this is this is exactly what they're trying to do is be bullies and just have this little, you know, this little man. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm just I'm done. And at one point he's like, I don't even I don't even know what the memo says. I'm like, then you clearly cannot do your job. So check this out. Senator, I haven't seen the memo that you're Why talking about, you? and I don't, I, and I, I, even from the description, it doesn't sound like it was addressed to parents. But if you No, it was, wasn't addressed to parents. It was addressed to prosecutors. That's the problem. Why haven't you seen the memo? I, I, I don't know why I haven't. I don't look at every, I, have, I do not get every memo that every U.S. attorney uh, sends out. But I, if you're- Wait, wait, wait a minute. Don't, don't, I, I just want to be sure I understand this. this. This is a memorandum that collects 13 different federal crimes parents could be charged with. It has United States Department of Justice on the top of it. And you're telling me you haven't seen it? Who's the memo from, Senator? The United States Department of Justice, United States Attorney for the District of Montana. I have not seen a memo from the District of Montana. I not high enough priority for you? It's not, that's not the question. I don't... It is I, the question. Answer my question. Is it not a high enough priority for you when you're threatening parents with 13 different federal crimes? I, These aren't crimes of violence. You've testified today. You're focused on violence. That's not what your U.S. attorneys... They work for you. That's not what they're saying. 
You haven't seen it because it's not a high enough priority or what? Question of priority. No one has sent me that memo, so I haven't seen it. What do you mean no one has sent you the memo? You run the United States Department of Justice, do you not? There are 115,000 employees of the Department of Justice. Indeed. And okay, you so and my, my response to that would be, okay, but there aren't 100 and whatever thousand people who are sending out letters that are threatening the American people, the parents who are trying to protect their children. And you see this picture of this man behind him whose daughter was molested at the school and he went to the, to the, uh, to the, uh, uh, to the, school board and before you know it he was arrested i mean this is like we're living in communist china and this i'm very thankful for josh hawley who is who is using his position and as well as so many of these others who are pushing back on these tyrants love it you are in charge of every one of them and, and this was a sufficiently important case that you issued a memo you over your signature issued a memo involving the fbi and the department of justice in local school boards local school districts your u.s attorneys are now threatening prosecution with 13 different crimes but it's not a high enough priority for you it got lost in the mix i'll send again i've never seen that memo it was that's what concerns me. me general garland well it wasn't sent to me i hope you will assure your constituents that what we are concerned about here is violence and threats of violence. That only leads That's me to conclude, way. General Garland, all I can conclude from this is either that you're not in control of your own department or that more likely what I think to be the case is that you knew full well that this is exactly the kind of thing that would happen. Because this, let's just be honest. If there's someone who's being, we don't need the Department of Justice the federal department of justice to come down and tell us that we're not allowed to be threatening people we don't we don't need him them to say that at the federal level at the you know in the state level in the federal courts in the federal, in, this, in each of the states we don't need them we know that we know that oh and by the way you're not allowed to kill people we know that we know that you know we don't need and so they're basically just trying to get us to shut up and sit down and the more that they do that the more people are like no and push back and, and, and basically, I think a lot of parents are just going to pull their kids from the school. Like, we're, we're over it. We're over it. We're not over here to have you force vaccinate our children, to have them molested in the school, and we can't even say anything about it. We have no control over what they're being taught. I mean, at, and, and as, as we've been told on the boards, uh, you, you told us, at what point, <laughs> this precipice, do people say, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to find the will to change? Only at the precipice, he said, will people find the will to change? And this is this has got to be it. If you're, you know, it's really it's it's between whether we're going to allow them to to have uh, treat us as slaves, or whether we're going to stand up and say I'm not not doing this. Okay, it's 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 a it's everyone has to make that choice at some point to say I'm not going to be their slave. And if anyone who ex accepts this, I don't even know what to say for them. That they think all this is okay? I don't even know it, it, what, <laughs> what they've been smoking. Check this out. You issued your memo when you involved the Department of Justice and all of its resources and the FBI and all of its resources in local school boards and local school districts. You knew that federal prosecutors would start collecting crimes that they could use against parents. You knew they would advise state and local officials that these are all of the ways parents might be prosecuted. You knew that that was the likely outcome. And that's exactly what's happened. 
And we're talking about parents like Scott Smith, who's behind me over my shoulder. This is a father from Loudoun County, Virginia. Here he is at a school board meeting. He was forcibly restrained. He was assaulted. He was arrested. Why? Because he went to an elected school board meeting. He's a voter, by the way. He went to an elected school board meeting to raise the fact that his daughter was assaulted, sexually assaulted, in a girl's restroom by a boy. This is what happened to him. Now, you testified last week. Shame on, shame on these police officers, these sheriffs who would do this to this man. How can they sleep at night? How can they sleep at night knowing what they're doing? Knowing what they're doing? How can these people who are who are, who are man, uh, approving this EL, uh, ULA, whatever, emergency use authorization for this vaccine for children 5 to 11, and they know that there's going to be uh, paralysis and uh, uh, brain damage and all kinds of different maladies, potential death. How can they sleep? How can they sleep at night knowing that they are they're doing this? And, and, and again, whether they're deceived or deceivers, we've got to rise up and push back to protect uh, to protect the children, especially before the House that you didn't know anything about this case. I find that extraordinary because the letter that you put so much weight on, the letter that's now been retracted, it cites this case. It cites Mr. Scott's case directly. There's a news article cited in the letter. It's discussed in the letter, but you testified you just couldn't remember it. Maybe this will refresh your memory. Do you think people like Scott Smith, do you think parents who show up to complain about their children being assaulted ought to be treated like this man right here? Parents who show up to complain about school boards are protected by the First Amendment. Do you think that they ought to be prosecuted they in the different ways that your U.S. attorneys are identifying? If what they're doing is complaining about what the school board is doing, policies, curriculum, anything else that they want to, as long as they're not committing threats of violence, then they should not be prosecuted, and they can't be. Let me ask you about this. Several of my Democrat colleagues have today, just today in this hearing, multiple times have compared parents who show up at school board meetings, like Mr. Smith here, have compared them to criminal rioters. You think that's right? You think that a parent who shows up at a school board meeting, who has a complaint, who wants to voice that complaint, and maybe she doesn't use exactly the right grammar, you think they're akin to criminal rioters? Do you agree with that? I do not, and I do not remember any senator here compare, making that comparison. Oh, really? These people are just like the folks who came here on January 6th and in, in, in the riot at the Capitol? I don't think it was, they were referring to the picture that you're showing there. Well, I certainly would hope not, but they were referring to parents who go to school board meetings. Mr. Smith is a parent who went to a school board meeting. I'll leave it at this, General Garland. You have weaponized the FBI and the Department of Justice. Your U.S. attorneys are now collecting and cataloging all the ways that they might prosecute parents like Mr. Smith because they want to be involved in their children's education and they want to have a say in their elected officials. It's wrong. It is unprecedented to my knowledge in the history of this country. And I call on you to resign. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Boom. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Josh Hawley, for working so hard to expose this and to push back on this. And, I, and our job is once this is out there to, to you know, he's done this legwork. He's put, you know, he's he's done all, an amazing job. So now it's for us to to share this. I do appreciate that Fox News put this out there. And uh, yeah, to make sure that parents uh, are not, uh, you know, are not treated as they are in all these communist countries where they have no power. And, 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 uh, and I'm very, very thankful that he's pushing back. So let's just let's all. Uh, do the same. All right. So before we go, I want to talk to you about the um, President Trump's um, 
uh, Trump Media and Technology Group. And so he sent out a letter that, and I've been wanting to talk about this, but there's just every day I'm like, oh, I'll talk about that tomorrow. But the, tomorrow there's something else. It's always lots of things that are going on that really we need to be aware of and and to share. Um, um, so anyway, this is um, what he, what President Trump put out, put out on the 26th of October. Last week, I announced the creation of a major new company that will challenge the dominance of big tech and big media bosses. Today, I want to explain more about what I'm doing and why. For me, this endeavor is about much more than politics. This is about saving our country. America has always been a nation of smart, spirited, and independent people who take pride in thinking for themselves. We admire those who aren't afraid to speak their minds or go against the tide, like these creeps that we've just been talking about, EPS and the FBI and the DOJ and uh, you know all these tyrants. Yet, Suddenly, we find ourselves being censored and dictated to by a small group of self-righteous scolds and self-appointed arbiters of what everyone else is allowed to think, say, share, and do. Oh, and just by the way, y'all get get really super familiar. Take, put it on your marks a lot. <laughs> Take it and, and say, I'm going to research what's going on with my particular city council, with my school board, so you know what's being taught. You know what's being uh, what's in on the agendas and become aware. And if you can, create a blog so that and, and share this on social media so people in your community know about it. It's just a lot of people don't have the time. So if you have the time to do it and research it, not only take it in for yourself, but share it with those around you. So I do that in my community because I know people don't have the, the time, whatever. Anyway, nowhere is this censorship more dangerous and brazen than on social media, the public square of our times. We have seen renowned medical doctors being banned from platforms for contradicting health authorities or questioning political narrative of the moment. We've seen scientists blacklisted for sharing evidence that the pandemic began in a Chinese lab. We've seen vital reporting about Joe and Hunter's Biden's foreign business dealings, information that voters needed and deserved to hear, ruthlessly suppressed and erased from the internet just weeks before the presidential election. And as everyone knows, we've seen a sitting president of the United States effectively silenced by a small oligarchy of tech tyrant titans and mainstream media corporations, right? The corruption of these platforms cannot be ignored. We have fallen far down the slippery slope of censorship in our country. And the topics that Americans are increasingly forbidden to debate are among the most important issues of our day. Yeah, we can talk about, you know, Sally's uh, uh, soup. We can't talk about the things that are really important, like the election fraud. The wildly aggressive censorship and cancel culture is not only un-American, it has direct real world consequences. Most obvious are the many catastrophes unfolding under the current administration. The calamitous Afghanistan withdrawal, the disaster of the southern border, runaway inflation, the multi-trillion dollar socialist spending nightmare, just to name a few. In a country that has free speech and a free flow of information, none of this would ever have ha ever happened. Not, And no one understands that better than the people doing the censoring. They know that. Yes, the silencing and cancellation also affects our country in more subtle but equally destructive ways. How many Americans no longer trust a word they hear from their leaders, media, or public health officials because the one thing they know for certain is that they're not getting the full story? How many ordinary citizens are sadly have sadly come to resent their neighbors, feeling that they now live in their two entirely different realities? And how many millions of Americans silently oppose so much of the nonsense being inflicted on us, but see the heavy hand of the cancelers and conclude their voice can no longer make a difference or that cost of speaking up is just too high, like what we just saw with that poor man being arrested. The, the new age of censorship is a disaster for our country. Things were far better in the days we had our debates fiercely, 
openly, and then we could move forward together as Americans, and both sides knowing their voice and their arguments had been heard. The more I look in this problem, um, the more I realize that to restore free speech, a major new platform would have to enter the market with an iconic uh, ironclad commitment to protect vigorous debate on all from all sides. But since it's both hard and expensive to build a new platform totally independent of big tech's infrastructure, it would have been an extremely well have the extremely well-funded multi-year undertaking. In addition, such a platform would need the ability to rapidly attract millions of users, welcoming not only Republicans to join, but independents and Democrats as well. It's a tremendously difficult set of challenges, and I realized I might be the only person in America with the megaphone, the resources, the experience, and the desire to make it all happen. So with the same can-do spirit that has always allowed Americans to persevere, that is exactly what I'm doing. To take on big tech censorship, we are creating a big tent platform, Truth Social. We are inviting people of all political stripes, all different viewpoints to come and participate once again to the great American debate. That's what our country is supposed to be about. Unlike the big tech pro uh, platforms that were no, no shadow banning, no throttling, no demonetizing or messing with algorithms or political manipulation. We're not treating users like lab rats for social experiments or labeling alternative views as disinformation. We'll not silence our fellow citizens simply because they might be wrong or worse because we think that Americans can't handle the truth. It'll be free, vibrant, lively and diverse as America itself and Truth Social is only beginning of our plans. The Trump media and group will also be launching an on-demand video streaming service that competes with the increasingly woke and political entertainment programming, Big Tech, and it also see payment service processing. Oh my goodness, my time is out, but definitely check on Freedom Force Battalion and you can read more about what our wonderful president is doing. And I will actually see you tomorrow and on Alan Key's show at one o'clock. I will see you then.